Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 106. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. Today I'm extremely excited to introduce a very special guest, Alois Roof. Alois, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Yes, I'm ready. I am ready for a fun ride. (laughs) Great to have you here. I am so honored to have you as my guest today. Alois Roof is a legend in the world of unique tuned Porsche automobiles. Founded in 1939 in Germany by his father, Alois Roof Sr., Roof Automobiles is officially recognized as a manufacturer by the German government. When Alois Jr. was only 24 years old, he took control of the company and focused on his passion for Porsche automobiles. And in 1975, the first roof-enhanced Porsche came to life. And then in 1987, the record-breaking Yellowbird exploded onto the automotive scene. Roof Automobiles has been designing, engineering, and building its own unique automobiles for customers around the world. In addition to their breathtaking cars of today, they include the CTR3, the RT12R, the 3800S, and the RT35S. Roof also restores and maintains classic Porsche cars as well. There are no limits to the world of Roof. So, Alois, I've told our listeners just a little bit about your amazing history. Would you please take a moment and share a little bit more about your history, your business, your interests, and, of course, your passion for Porsche automobiles? Yeah, well, my whole life has been pivoting around Porsche and especially about the 911. Because uh, when I had my my first encounter of a uh, Porsche 911, it was actually a 901 prototype in 1964 oh, wow. that uh, overtook us on the autobahn in a rainy day. It was a lot of water splashing off that car, <laughs> and it was only like a, a cloud uh, all over the car. And I said to my father, this must be the new Porsche. Ah. I have heard about that car. This is now a six-cylinder. And did you hear this sound? This is so different. This is the future. <laughs> oh, wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> yeah. At that time, I, I didn't know that it really became my future, you know. I, I had no idea. It was, it was just uh, one of those moments uh, that ignite and um, 
basically it's casting your whole future, you know. Oh, gosh. And uh, what I want to say a little bit about the history of, of our company. Uh, my dad started in 1939. This was obviously the, the time when the World War II started, and he had to be a, a soldier, and he was in war, and he had to uh, fix many machines there. And uh, after World War II, it was all about improvising and how will we be back on the road and trying to fix any type of machinery that had wheels to uh, be mobile again. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was born in 1950. And as uh, as a kid, I I think the, the, the biggest event for my life at that time was when my father said, one day he pulled in a couple of steel beams into the workshop and he said, my boy, here we're going to build our own bus, a tour bus. Oh, wow. And that bus will be finished within a year's time. And as a five-year-old, you're very impressed when you hear something like that. But sure enough, uh, it happened. And uh, that was at the time when it was not understood to have a vehicle in front of every house. People were happy to be taken on tours on Sundays. And my dad uh, gave the people rides in, in the charter bus. And it was in use for over 10 years. Oh, wow. And uh, I think that had an impact uh, on me that I, I was never scared of any projects later because I said, my dad built a bus so I can do something like that too. Oh, know? yeah, so wonderful. This was important. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. So, and uh, of course, as, as, as soon as I started to crawl, I was in my dad's workshop. You know, and one day I actually fell into the waste uh, oil container. Oh, no. So they... They were choking. Uh, that that was my baptizing. They said. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, that's amazing. <laughs> okay, so a little bit from from my background, and then I I was hanging around with my dad in in the workshop. I was a a student in school. I had to be, uh, but I uh, was more in the workshop than anything else. But I also made it through school. <laughs> well, that's good. I, yeah, yeah, I made it through school. My dad always said, you know, most important is that you learn English. And I think he did a good job pushing me to do that. Oh, and, yes. Uh, I was in the United States the first time at the age of 18 already. Oh, right. So that, that had a, a great impact for uh, the casting of my future, learning about the American way of life, and uh, learning uh, English. I was far ahead of uh, my, my colleagues of that age group where I am from. So um, that was very, very important. And I... Very grateful. Yes, that. absolutely. So uh, this this is basically the story, and, and we um, we continued working on Porsches after the first Porsche came into our life, which uh, actually happened when my dad was driving his tour bus, and uh, he was overtaken by a 356, <laughs> and the 356 driver lost control over his car and ended up in the ditch and rolled it a couple of times. Oh, my gosh. Uh, my dad stopped, looked after the driver. He was okay took him to the hospital, had him checked out, and said, don't worry about the car, we'll take care of it, we'll bring it to the workshop. And so the man got over his shock, and a couple of days later, my dad bought that car, and we fixed it up, and it became our first Porsche. Oh, my this gosh. A, a Carmen Hardtop, a notchback 356, a 1962 car. Yeah. And uh, my dad fell in love with the car. I, of course, as a 13-year-old, I fell in love with the car, and we were totally enthused about this uh, new baby that we had on board in our family and because before we were mainly uh, working on Mercedes cars and, and all kinds, BMWs, Fiats, anything that was around, you know, and, mm -hmm. and suddenly this Porsche came in 
and we learned that this is something special, this is something different. And even more so, a year later, uh, when we were driving through Munich, somebody stopped us at, at a traffic light and, and knocked at the window and said, please stop, I need to talk to you. And we were rolling down the window, it was a Sunday afternoon, and uh, this young man says, I would like to buy your car. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> then we go with him to a little coffee shop and, and he says, this is the car I want. I was looking for this Carmen hardtop car and I don't find one and I, I will pay you the car right away on the spot. He had cash money in his apartment <laughs> in wow. a candy box. Huh? A candy box. And it was like 11,000 Deutschmarks, which was a fortune at that time. And yeah. He had that money ready, gave it to us, bought the car, and he gave us his older 356 to drive home. <laughs> and and uh, the next day we exchanged papers. <laughs> wow. And my dad said, I have never sold a car like that. Uh, this is such an incredible sale. Uh, every car sale is an effort. You have to trade in something or you have to make discounts and concessions here and there. And, and so a, a car sale like that never happened before. So he said, these people must be totally crazy, these Porsche people. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> Little did you know. <laughs> and uh, now we definitely know it, you know. And yes. I'm one of them too, you know. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, me too. Me and too. I have always been, yeah, yeah. So that was, that was a, a very important event. And, uh, of course, I had the best arguments to convince my dad to continue to have another Porsche that we uh, fixed up. And, and then we started working on, on customers' cars. We made service, maintenance. And uh, so this is how we went through the 60s. Wow. And uh, in the 70s, uh, I was uh, finished with my, with my education and uh, was in the, in the company, completely established. And then uh, during the energy crisis, my father passed away, unfortunately. Mm. And that mm -hmm. was a, a very difficult time. Yes. But I made it through, and, and we uh, had another important uh, era in the, in the 70s when the 911 was believed to be uh, the dying Porsche because uh, the 928 was supposed to become the successor. Most people have uh, forgotten that story, but uh, yes, was, this was really believed uh, at the at the Porsche factory that the the water cooled Porsches, the 928 and 924s, will take over. The 911 is a bit outdated. And at that time, I was really betting on the 911. And no matter what people told me, and they tried to give me all kinds of advice, if you if you don't uh, change to the other models, you will be ending up in a dead end street. And all kinds of uh, advice was given to me, and I said, no, I hold on to the 911. There will always be enough people who like this crazy car. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and the story taught us what really happened and, and which direction it went, you know. And, uh, oh, yes. So uh, we, we came up uh, with models that were in the performance like the earlier models used to be. That was at the time of the 911SC. We had a 911SCR, and then we had the first uh, turbo with five-speed gearbox. And uh, we were always filling the gaps that uh, the customers were looking for. Yes. And the market was looking for, but... I was only following my own uh, taste, and there happens to be many people who share the taste with me. So we just continued this way, and then in 1987, when we had um, the CTR-1, this was, of course, my uh, my most exciting 
day when we drove to the uh, world's fastest car, we were invited by Road and Track. And uh, here I am, this uh, single one-man band. I have spare uh, wheels in the car, and I drive with the car on the Autobahn and bring it to the event, and everybody else came with trucks, uh, huge <laughs> racing trucks. <laughs> and we were there and were by far the fastest, and we were the smallest company, and so that, that was very exciting. That was very exciting. I, I really had a lot of uh, goosebumps at that time. Oh, <laughs> you must have. You know what comes to mind is the old story of the 550 Spiders beating the bigger yeah. cars and called the Giant Killers. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah definitely. But, uh, yeah, yeah. And that was the Yellowbird? That was the Yellowbird, yeah, with a top speed of 211 miles per hour. This was uh, in the mid-80s, actually 1987. So uh, this this record was uh, lasting for many years until this was broken by other cars. So this, uh, and, and this car looked like, compared to the other cars, like a, like a Volkswagen Beetle in comparison, yes. you know? Yes. Because the 911 of all the sports cars is in a way like a Beetle, you know, the, the most reliable and uh, the most uh, timeless-looking car, if I may say that. And um, so that was that was really a, a great moment in my life. Oh, uh, yeah. Little did I know at that time that it really became the greatest moment. Now today, looking back, I definitely know it. You yes. Know, but it was it was a great event, great day. Yes. Well, as we continue on your journey, we're going to learn more about how the company has progressed, but that really was a launching point. And I'll tell our yeah. guests, the first time I got to visit Roof was in 1996. I was in Germany with a friend who was picking up a new Porsche, and we took that car from the factory, and the first place we went was yeah. to Pfaffenhausen to visit you. And I'll just tell a quick little story, and then we'll move on, because... This was so much fun. Alois was so gracious to uh, invite us to his facility and take us around. And then he said, would you like to take a ride in one of my cars? And so I went first, and I remember sitting in that car, and your your driver looked over at me, and he said, is your seat belt tight enough? <laughs> and I looked at him, and I said, I don't know. Is it? And he reached over and cinched me down. He goes, now we go. And we took off down this road, and I'll tell you, when I got back, my knees were shaking. <laughs> it, I was so excited. And then, of course, you let us drive one of your cars uh, with the sequential gearbox and just a fantastic adventure. But I had to share that with my guests because I still remember it vividly to this day. So as we continue on your journey, Alois, I'd like to start with a success quote. And this is a saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success it's a really great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Alois, take the wheel. Well, you have to work with passion, you know, mm. and uh, how, how could I describe it better than uh, quoting on, on Thomas Edison, you know? I mean, every failure was one step closer to the success. Oh, <laughs> yes. This, this is how you have to work, you know, this is the way you have to see it. This has to be your ethic, you know, yes. and honesty. This is another a very important component. Oh, absolutely. And all your technicians, engineers, and you at Roof are always creating new things and designing new things. How have you incorporated these quotes into your success and into your business and your passion for cars? Well, never be scared of, of any big challenges. Uh, mm. This this is very important, and, and I'm coming back to my dad's bus that he built. You know, yes, yes, <laughs> it, looked, it looked so poor at the beginning. Two big steel beams, you know. And then a year later, 
it was a tour bus that was holding 45 people. Yes. And uh, so you just have to have the vision. And don't give up. Don't give up. You know, we, we have always picked the more difficult things. We are not so much into the cosmetic of the cars. We are more into the very, very core of the technical side. And uh, I think this has also casted our, our image, what Roof is about, you know? Oh, and, uh, absolutely. And it's, it's about purity and performance. You know, you have to bring these two things together. Yes. And what's really interesting about your company is you're an actual manufacturer. So most people that don't understand this about Roof or haven't learned it yet, that they think, oh, you, you take a Porsche and you just modify it. You're just a tuner. But you're, you're a manufacturer of cars, right? We are a manufacturer and our cars bear our own chassis number. And uh, our own chassis number is on our car since 1982. And uh, we have also reached in 1987 the manufacturer status in the United States with EPA and DOT. So this is also a very, very big uh, step for us as a, a car manufacturer that produces hardly 30 to 50 cars per year to be also approved by such uh, government authorities. Well, that takes your quote about not being afraid to an immense height because so many people would be so afraid to try to take on that challenge. And you've done a magnificent job for a long, long time. Would you share with us a story that instigated your passion for cars? You've grown up around cars your whole life, and you mentioned that, but was there one particular time in your life that you can remember that you really knew you were a car guy? (laughs) (laughs) My mother said that I was born with this passion for cars. Ah, okay, yes, yes, as many of us are. Yes, yes. But uh, like I said, any motor sound, every car, when I was uh, a baby sitting in the cars, I, I had to be there. I had to be, I, I forgot to eat, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just hanging out there. I had to see all the excitement that was going on in the workshop. Yes, you know? yes. Well, and, how... my, and my dad was welding or whatever was going on. That was my world. And my mother, she had to pull me out. Uh, and uh, put me to the table and eat and bring me to bed, you know? This, Wonderful. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's all about passion. Yes, absolutely. You do have a lot of passion. As we continue on this journey, I always like to go down roads that you've driven and, and really crawl under the hood and get our hands perhaps a little dirty. Would you share with me and the listeners a great challenge or great failure that you've faced. And and I know your career has been so long, there's probably been many of them that you've had to overcome, but maybe there's one in particular you could share with us. But more importantly, how did you overcome that situation and what did you learn from it? Well, of of all these um, experiences, like like uh, going to this high-speed event, as I said, you know, and, and uh, no, I didn't really know what was this event about, but I thought, well... Maybe these people really want to go fast, so we maybe should have a, an extra set of rear wheels. And I, <laughs> I, I put them inside the car, you know. And then actually those rear wheels, those extra wheels were needed, you know. Yes. And just betting on the, on the right horse, the right idea to be in the right place in the right moment, you know. This, this was such a, such a big deal for us. And, and um, the, the spare wheels that I had in the car, they were proven by Dunlop before they were run on a, on a spinning uh, machine to, to spin the wheels up to 350 kilometers per hour to make sure that the drivers are safe, you know, because if you, if you drive on the Autobahn, 
you don't know if you pick up anything that could uh, hurt your tire, and later your tire uh, would break at that speed, which could be fatal, of course. Yes. So uh, all the all these things uh, lead to another, and and we care about safety, and we care. It, it may sound funny when it gets to that speed. Anybody might say, "Oh, this is reckless!" You know, how could you drive that fast? But no, the challenge is to reach such a speed and be safe. Yes. And be safe with the car, you know? Yes. It was really a David and Goliath story. A David and Goliath story, really, yes. And and it was repeated a second time, <laughs> the <laughs> David and Goliath story. You know, this is good. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Alois, let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. And would you share yeah. a story when you had a real aha moment in your business, a, a time when you realized that, you know what? I think this idea or this thought is really going to happen. We can really make it happen. And, and tell us the steps, perhaps, that you took that turned that aha moment into a success. Well, I'm, I'm coming back. I actually said that before when I said the story of the bus. Ah, uh, but yes. <laughs> that was the biggest aha moment as a five-year-old, you know? Sure. Where I said, anything's possible. Anything can be done and anything's possible, you know? Yes, yes. Well, to have an aha moment at five is pretty extraordinary. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. And Well, maybe yeah. was there another time as the the company moved on when you really realized that the idea of building and not sure if you if you like the term supercar, but I think of your cars as supercars because they are absolutely amazing. But the, is there another time in the history of Roof that you really went, oh my gosh, this is this is really working out great? Definitely uh, with the CTR uh, two, and uh, that was the, the continuation of the CTR one, the next one, mm-hmm. and uh, we were going with this car all the way to Fort Stockton, and we're uh, driving at road and track. Uh, we were going from Dallas uh, to, I would almost say, the desert in that area, you know, and, and, and no, nowhere, no man's land almost, uh, close to the Mexican border. Oh. It was an incredible, incredible feeling, you know, to go there. You know you have your car that was built in Germany, driven there, and now you drive it to such a place, and you do another high-speed run, and you have Mario Andretti driving it, you know. Oh, my gosh. These, these, these were fantastic moments. Oh, yes. Yeah, I don't forget, yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. Mario Andretti jumps in your car to prove that yeah, it can do. Yeah, that yeah. is an aha moment. Wow. That is an aha moment. <laughs> we yeah. have something here. What was the proudest moment in your business, your career to date, that you can remember? Well, I come back for the proudest moment. I really must come back to the CTR one because that, that was an incredible day, that 11th of April in 1987. When, when you're standing there and you're suddenly the winner amongst all the, the big uh, car manufacturers uh, with the big names and you are the little guy with, uh, with the best product, you know, this, this was, a, was really a big moment for us. Oh, it must have been. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Now, you've had many cars in your life, so this question may be tough, but let's have a little fun with it. What was your first really special car and perhaps you could share a memory with us that you had with that vehicle well uh, when you say special cars this could be many different ones as a student <laughs> i had a de chevaux you know what that is <laughs> oh yes yes the yeah. 2cv <laughs> now what made that car so special that car made it so special because i was uh as an 18 year old well actually i had the car already when i was 17 18 you you have the driving permission in germany ah. and um uh, I liked the concept of the simplicity and the air-cooled two-cylinder engine 
and the gearbox, the way the whole thing was set up, reminded me of uh, the same structure as a 911 or like a Porsche is. You oh, know? yeah. Much downsized, much smaller, but it was a fantastic first vehicle for me. But in parallel, I worked on my first 911. I just had to sort of control myself at that age. My dad was worried that I was worried about myself, that I could be driving too fast and do something <laughs> that could have a bad impact, you know? Yes, yes. And, uh, so therefore, I, I had both cars. I drove the 911 with my dad. I didn't want to do it on my own because he was my controller. He was checking on me. Boy, this is too fast. Don't go so fast in that curve because you may not forget the first 911s, they were tricky. They were not uh, oh, yeah. easy ones to drive, you yes. know? They were uh-huh. very tail-happy and very easy. You could lose control. That was at my age of 18, and I said, okay. When I go on my own, I drive my Dershavaux, and I even drove it very fast. <laughs> I, had, <laughs> I had some special horsepowers in it. Yes. And uh, that was of my first cars. And then, then there were many others, you know. Then uh, we had the 911S uh, when, when that era started, you know. Then uh, uh, the, the 2.2Ss came. Then later, I was basically always missing in the newer 911s what the earliers had. Mm. And that was the gap to fill for roof. This is what, because I said, we have to build cars. They have to feel from the engine with the pure performance and the right sound, like you were knowing them from the 60s and 70s. Yes. That was at the time when, when Porsche believed the 911 is outdated and then tired and needs to go to history now, you know? And, and Well, thank goodness that, that didn't happen. Thank God it didn't happen, and I think it was the, the whole community worldwide that made sure that it wouldn't happen. <laughs> oh, I believe so. Yeah. And, you know, your father was very wise there, and I think think back to that 356 Porsche that passed your bus and rolled in the yeah. ditch, and uh, he probably had visions of that when he thought of you driving that 911 at, at the young age yeah. of 18. Oh, so. yeah, certainly, certainly. Yes. And, oh, and, and there were also some bad examples around, you know. Oh, cars. of course. Yeah, yes, yeah. too many of those cars have gone off the track yeah. in the street backwards. Of course, <laughs> of course, of course. How about <laughs> seller's remorse? You've probably had many cars in your life. Is there one that you can think of? Oh, back? there are many. There are many. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I came to the conclusion that the cars that I have in my my personal collection that I shouldn't sell. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, the ones you uh, hang on to. Well, is there one in... One in particular you can think of that you really wish you could have back that was a car in your past? Yeah, actually, the, the 911 SCR, the, the first prototype uh, that we, we built in, in 1978, I would love to have that car back. Mm. Yeah, but, and, uh, and there are others, too, of course. But, yes. You know, this is the remorse, and it happens to everybody. It was a car lover. You know? Yes, of course. <laughs> of course. I tell my customers, don't sell your car. You know, you're going to regret it in two years. Yeah. You will be here. You're looking for the same one. Yes. Well, great <laughs> advice. Great advice. I wish I had had you tell me that years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a current project that you're working on right now there at Roof yeah. that really has you excited and fired up? Definitely. See, the, the CTR3 is the first roof car that uh, bears its own silhouette. It's a complete standalone car, and that is an ongoing project, and uh, we're continuing to work on that. And also the uh, eight-cylinder engine for the RGT8 is also an ongoing project. So these are the most uh, exciting projects that are happening right now. Fantastic. Now, here's a funny question for you, Alois. 
if you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? Definitely a yellow bird. A yellow bird. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> it's in your blood. <laughs> it's in the blood, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that car had such special meaning uh, for you that I kind of thought that's the way you would answer that question. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. you are the yellow bird. Wonderful. I love that. So now, Eloise, we're up to the last lap, and this is where I fire off a series of questions for you, and you give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Okay. I hope I'll <laughs> All right. You're doing fantastic. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? Well, don't compete with the big OEMs. That was uh, the advice that I was given, and uh, stay true to yourselves. Uh, what you like yourself, there will be somebody out there who appreciates that too and likes that. Uh, and you don't, you don't need to be mainstream. Yes. Perfect. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success? Well, don't stop where it's believed to be the summit. Ah. You know, there's always more. Oh, I love that. That is fantastic. <laughs> Do you have a resource that you really enjoy that you would like to share with our listeners? Maybe it's a website that you go to often or a blog that you get? Or, Well, I think we are the best address. You, <laughs> you can uh, visit our website. There you go. There you go. And yeah. they do have a wonderful website. It's fantastic. You can learn all about everything, and we'll give you that a little bit later at the end of the show, but it'll also be posted at carsyad.com slash Roof. How about books? Are you a, a big reader of books? And is there a book that you could share with our listeners that you really enjoyed? I recommend Paul Freire, the book, My Life, Full of Cars. Oh, yes. That is a great book. That's, I have that in my library. A great book, yes. Yes, fantastic. Do you have any interesting hobbies outside of your passion for Porsche automobiles and roof automobiles? Cars and cars. <laughs> Only cars and cars. Okay. Well, that's okay. Cars. I can't help it. Sorry. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. So, Aloise, this last question is a real doozy. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, and this is something that you can't sell to buy a whole bunch of other cars with, but money's no object. Today, I, I'm going to give you whatever you want. What would that one car be and why? It would still be the CTR-1 and the Yellow Bird. The CTR-1. This car was really, how can I say, the heart of roof, I would call it. (laughs) Yes, it is the heart of roof. And do do you know where that car is today? Today in the collection, here. So you have... The family is very proud to own it, and uh, it's always a great event when we take it out for a spin. Wonderful, wonderful. That's fantastic. Well, I'll remind our listeners that you can find links to everything that Alois has shared with us today at carsyad.com slash Alois Roof. And you can always, when you're in Germany, I suggest you make a special trip to visit Alois Roof and yeah, see his facility and uh, call him ahead of time. And uh, if he's available, I'm sure he'll come out and say hello. Alois, you've taken us on a great ride today, and I've so enjoyed your stories. It's so special to be talking to you again after so many years of visiting your facility. And I want to thank you for sharing your journey and just a piece of your life with me and the Cars Yeah listeners. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that yellow bird? (laughs) Come and visit us. Contact us and do the same thing that you did, Mark. Uh, Come to Buffenhausen to Roof. Yes, it's uh, definitely worth the trip. And again, I'll let our listeners know you can find everything and links at the Cars Yeah website. 
Just go to carsyad.com slash Roof. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you? Is it your website? The website is the best, and it will be continuously uh, improved, and we will make uh, more features so people can learn about our through our website what's happening in the company currently. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, Aloise, thank you for being so generous with your time today. I know for you it's the end of your day here, and you're into your probably close to your dinner hour. So thank you for yes, for being here. Is just about ready. <laughs> okay, well, I'll let you go, but I want to thank you for your time, your expertise. This and, is the passion to my family. Ah, yes, <laughs> I yes, enjoy that. absolutely. And thank you for sharing your experience with our listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Great, Mike. Thank you very much, and all the best. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.